welcome to Oaken Bros. This is Eric. I'm Michael. And if you want to learn about the secrets of the universe, the law of attraction, mysticism, brohood, gambling, movies, pop culture, archangels, magic, good food, business, health, family, and mediumship, smash that subscribe button, hit the thumbs up, press the noti icon, and spread this video around like peanut butter and jelly. So today we have on Ariel Gatoga. I hope I'm saying that right. Ariel's been teaching magic for over 30 years. He has a YouTube channel called Ariel Gatoga and podcast called A Witch's Primer, Ariel's DCW Lectures, and Ariel's Meditations. You can learn more about him at his website called ariels-corner.com. Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited. On your website, you said uh, magic is your birthright. What does that mean? Oh, okay. Well, a lot of times I think, well, in not only in magic, but in all kinds of things, spiritual, there's, there seems to be a, a misconception that there's some sort of hierarchical structure out there with it, or, or you need some sort of intermediary in order to get your, your needs met or your problem solved. And that's just not the case. <laughs> My point of view is that that magic is is for everybody, not just certain kinds of people. Or this idea that that there's this um, you have to be born a certain way, or born into a certain type of family, or you have to be born a certain type of being that is separate and distinct from normal humans in order to have a magical experience is is just hogwash. And uh, it's it's it, I, I get it a lot. Like I have a pretty much everything I do, actually everything I do is free. And I have a, a, a Facebook post for people that are interested in, in uh, signing up for a witch's primer. And it's, it gets a lot of traction. And I, so I keep it up there. And every so often I'll get comments from people that say, oh, no, you can't study to be a witch. You have to, you have to be born one, or you have to have a certain family or some, something like that. And it's just an elitism. It's a type of elitism that I, I I'm 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 kind of here to to avoid to to help people avoid and so that's what I mean by magic is your birthright you can learn how to do it you can you 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 if you want to you can learn how to 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 make things work for you in your life you don't have to ever believe that you need to be some sort of you know, initiate in some certain path or that that there's a, that there's certain people that that are born a certain way. And if you, if you're not born into a certain family, you can't have that. So that's what I mean by magic is your birthright. I want, I got to tell you, Ariel, um, first of all, thank you a million times over for coming on. Eric and I have never really spoken to a true magician. We've been reading a lot of books. We've been studying it and I'm going to tell you how I found you. And this is a real quick story. And you know, to everyone out there in Oak and Rose land and YouTube land, um, a lot of people know the story and, and others don't. So our father passed away, um, going on three years now. He passed away February 2nd, 2018. And, um, uh, you know, we're very spiritual people. We've been going to mediums for the last 30 years. There's a few mediums that were on our channel. Um, I mean, the stuff that they tell us, again, no one on planet Earth would know this stuff. And we made a pact with our father before he passed away that he would tell us the secrets of the universe when he got to wherever he was going. Um, and we have signs with him. And through the medium, uh, our dad came through loud and clear. And he told this is this is nuts. He said, Michael, the archangels are real. He said, magic is real. He said, the Kabbalah is real. The Psalms, you have to start studying them. He said, 
the angels are on tap for the slightest prayer. And the medium was telling me this, and this guy is world renowned. He's the gold standard of, of mediumship. And my dad's like, get to work. He's like, the archangels are going to help you. And I, I, the, the first thing I did was I, tell you, I first got my brother and my mother on the phone. You know, we're all, we're all still very close. I got my wife and my sister-in-law and I said, dad said magic's real. The archangels are waiting to help us. Uh, the Psalms need to be spoken. And I, I, I YouTubed uh, magic, archangel magic, and you were the first channel to show up. Really? And, yes. And that's how I found you. And I started studying what you what you what you were doing and then i dove into 72 angels of magic by damon brand i don't i don't know if you're familiar with damon brand yeah uh-huh yeah um you know all all the, the lesser key of solomon all this stuff and as we kept going back to the mediums my dad's like yes yes the archangels are coming through the stuff that's been entering our lives is it's it's indisputable yeah. How did you find out about this? Because I had to wait for my father to die to go to to go to heaven to to tell us that because like we were really big into the law of attraction growing up and spirituality and I wrote a book called Just Ask the Universe on Law of Attraction. But like, how did you know about this? How did you know to dive into this stuff? Because this is it's the truth. Yeah. Wow. Great question. Well, you know, I don't know that I have a good answer for you. I I remember when I was probably. I started kindergarten a year early. I was four years old when I started kindergarten. They don't let you do that anymore, but right. they, they let me do that. And I went to this little school in, in Orange County that I don't know if it's even there anymore, but I, I just remember when I was... <laughs> When I was a little kid, they all were playing normal games and I was playing witch, you know, <laughs> I was playing fairies and witches and angels and things like that. And, um, and even at that young age with that little, in that little school, I remember some of the kids were into it, but most of them thought it was just really weird. They, they, why, why are we doing this? So I remember at a very young age, oh, you can't talk about this stuff to most people because they're going to think you're weird. But I, but, but from, from, from that day, I remember this is what, this is all I, uh, all I'm interested in. This is what I would learn how to do. And so I just did. I just, I just, uh, from, from, from that day forward, I remember just searching and finding these things. Um, some of it, some of it just naturally came to me, um, or I would be led to the right teachers and books and things like that. And I think it was about hmm, probably around 10 when I started studying astrology. And then I think I was probably around 12 or 13 when I started studying the tarot. I, I was 17, I think, when I first um, took a, actual training in magic um, and, and started on initiatory paths and things like that. So uh, it was a it was a it was a lifelong orientation. Uh, I don't really remember that there was a, a a day that you know things fell into place for me, but it, but it's always been my sort of my my leaning, sort of my orientation. So so, you know, there, you know, we push magic a lot because it works for us. It's an interesting topic and, you know, we want to help people. Um, and, you know, this, it's just, it's, it's just part of who we are and, 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 and what we do. What would you tell somebody, um, who is, who wants to get into magic and they're kind of overwhelmed by it and, you know, they want, they want to buy a new house or they want to sell their house or they want to, 
they just they just want something that's like kind of out of reach. What could they do to help themselves? Okay. Well, first of all, um, what happens a lot is I put a lot of things like spells and stuff like that out there to help people out. You know, just give them things to do. And invariably, what happens is I'll get newbies that say, or even not so newbies, say, well, will this spell work or what's this going to do for me? And it's sort of like asking what's music going to do for me or <laughs> what's painting going to do for me or what's ballet going to do for me? Nothing. It's going to do nothing for you. It's going to do for you what you bring to it. Hmm. And if you have no training, no understanding of how things work, then you need to start small. And you need to and you need to start simply. Don't go to real real complicated things. Find find a some sort of system, somebody that knows what they're doing. That's why I did a witch's primer, is it's 18 weeks. You can go through that course in 18 weeks. And I know that sounds like a long time, but it's really not that long for, mm -hmm. for a thorough training in something. And you can you can be well trained enough to be able to take any spell and make it work for you and go on from there. And it's free. You don't have to pay for it. It's it, I don't charge anything. But um, but the, I think probably one of the biggest mistakes that I have is that people believe that the that the spells themselves are where the power is. And spells are nothing more than a communication device. They communicate concepts to our deep mind. And then when our deep mind allows those concepts to to be planted within it like a seed, the deep mind is like the fertile earth. And then our choices, those, those ideas are like seeds that we're planting in the, in the earth. And then they, they grow and they bear fruit according to what we put into them. So the spells are not magical in and of themselves. The wand doesn't do anything. The knife doesn't do anything. The, the, the chalice doesn't do anything. The, the, the herbs don't do anything. That what they are is is that there's there are um, for some for some things especially there are many generations worth of uh, of um, what we would call akashic energy. In other, in other words, people have been doing it over and over and over again for so long that there's a lot of power built up. You're like with the Psalms and things like that, and or certain kinds of rituals, certain kinds of symbols, certain kinds of things like candles and things like that, and colors. Um, so when you study, like you were talking about the Kabbalah, one of the one of the good things of the of the Hermetic Kabbalah, the magical Kabbalah, is that that tree of life, in in addition to be, being a spiritual path in and of itself, it's also sort of like a like a file cabinet where you can where you can say, well, this sphere represents this planet, represents these herbs, represents these kinds of um uh like for instance sphere six okay that's the sun you could say that that everything within in that sphere um like like the, the plant heliotrope the 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 gum frankincense the <laughs> the color gold the color orange all of those things are in there then the, the gods apollo the you know the 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 the, uh, the figure of jesus christ they all are on that sphere mm -hmm. and so when we're doing spells for things like success and 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 stuff like that, if we if we um, do them on a Sunday, during a sun hour, using gold, using some of these these incenses or perfumes and some of these herbs and things like that, what we're doing is we are we are um, keying our deep minds into 
all of that Akashic energy from people that have used those kinds of symbols and, and the symbol of the sun and the things that are on that sixth sphere of the tree of life for many generations. And it, it does help us to empower our spells, but it's not the things themselves that are doing anything. If you were to take like, like say a talisman of the sun has all these mystical symbols, maybe you put some sort of oil on there, you've done something to consecrate it and you take that and you give it to a scientist and you say, okay, I need you to analyze this, analyze this talisman because I know there's something witchy about it. I know there's something very mystical about it. So you analyze it, you tell me how strange it is. And then that scientist comes back and he says, well, there's paper, there's ink, there's some kind of perfume and that's it. That's all there is. There's nothing magical about it. And he's right. There's nothing magical about that. Because thinking that there's something magical about that talisman is not magic. It's superstition. And magic and superstition are not the same things. But what that talisman is as a powerful thing is those symbols on there are, are a divisive communication to your deep mind where you are where you are saying i want this to happen i want that to happen i want these things to occur and so not only are you are you uh communicating those thoughts to your deep mind but if you're doing it in a way that that is uh in alignment with so many other practitioners throughout the ages that have done that then in addition to talking to your deep mind you are you are um talking to your deep mind with all that akashic energy so that you you have something to lean on so that when 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 you're doing magic it's it, it's important to understand the difference between superstition and 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 real magic so the idea of of like Alistair Crowley and I've been studying these guys because I like the history of it. And I'm a very voracious reader. I don't know. You've never written a book. Have you? Um, I, I have a couple of written a couple of books, but never published them. They were only given to my students. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, someone like Alistair Crowley has, there's a stigma to it, right? If my, if our father was alive, we would have been, I wouldn't say making fun of people like Alistair Crowley, but we would be saying like, you know, there's something wrong. There's that's weird, right? Like to be dressed up in that garb and to use the magical wands and everything. But did they know this stuff? Like, did, like the Hermetic Order, all these, all these different orders throughout the ages. Um, did they know something that mainstream, like I don't want to call it like Law of Attraction, doesn't know, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Law of Attraction to me is like elementary school. This this magic with a K is like MBA. Right. This is a whole different level than LOA. Right. Alistair Crowley um, was brilliant. He he was a genius. And, and a lot of what he wrote is very, very valuable. But he was also a narcissist, a malignant narcissist who, who had, who got great glee out of sending people on the wrong path. <laughs> right. You know, if you don't know better, it's, you know, you, you deserve what you get if you don't know better kind right. of thing. So, I didn't know that. well, Alistair Crowley wasn't all good or all bad, just like anybody. He's done so many great things for 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 the occultism, and and there's a lot that he wrote that is is exceptional. But he also didn't he, he didn't he didn't mind being infamous. He liked being that character. Right. He kind of reminded me in some ways of the Donald Trump of magic in some ways because he loved everybody loving him. He loved being the king of the universe and he loved all of that. What was different about him than Donald Trump is that his contribute. Well, I don't want to get political. I shouldn't have probably. Yeah, said please, that. no politics. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't probably pick that out. But what was different <laughs> about, about that was that his contributions 
really were good. They really did. They really right. did make a difference. Well, in, he made the foundation, right? Like he built a foundation, Thelema, Thelema, Thelema. Yeah, Thelema. That's his religion. That's his right. religion. And 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 Thelema was actually predated Aleister Crowley, but he kind of co-opted it, just like he co-opted the um, the OTO, the Order Temp uh, Ordo Templi or uh, Templar Orientis. Oh, I said it wrong. The OTO Ordo Templi Orientis. Um, that was in existence before he kind of revived it and thelemicized it. <laughs> okay. But I'm not I'm not necessarily a Crowley scholar, but I have read a great deal of his 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 work. And a lot of it is is very important, an important part of the the, the overall corpus of, of occult literature. Are you so, like more of a John D guy? I'm sorry, Eric, but it, <laughs> it goes in line with what he said. You know, you're who who was your teacher? Like I you know, I've been reading a lot of John D and it's it's hard, you know. John John D was was um, it, the problem with that is it's that's Elizabethan, so you, yeah. it, it can be very challenging. Yeah, just just even to understand what they were saying, you know, just just about what they had for breakfast, the way they would sp speak. But then to to add all of this this um, very esoteric uh, stuff on top of it can can be challenging and that's the problem with a lot of what when people are uh deal with the enochian magic and things like that they they are assuming they understand what d was 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 saying or writing and some some get it and some don't and that's why i, I think you get some people they get really into trouble with the enochian magic it can cause a, a great a great deal of trouble for people if they if they go into some of that stuff that that they, that they don't understand Mm -hmm. Can you be a casual magician or does it have to be kind of like all or nothing? Well, I always say don't dabble. I don't know that it has to be all or nothing, but dabbling in magic, it, it's not that it's dangerous necessarily, all the, uh, necessarily, although it can be if you're if you're dabbling in things like Goetia, where you really do need to be on your toes. But why though? Why? I, I just bought a book on on uh, demons and magic just to read it and just to kind of get a well, feel for it. Well, if you're talking about Akashic energy, like we're talking about, you, the the demonic magic has a lot of Akashic energy built up around it, where people have been using those spirits in nefarious ways for very many generations. Now, the spirits themselves aren't necessarily nefarious, although right. they've been come to, to be believed as, as such. Usually those demons in the Goetia are, are just uh, ancient gods that they've demonized, you know? Right. right. But even so, if when you're dealing with them through the uh, through the Goetic material, that you're not dealing with them as ancient gods, you're dealing with them as demons. You're dealing right. with them as, as, as spirits that need to be controlled. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I have a lot of friends who are who are very versed in 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 the goetia and and, and demonology and and they and it's a, it's a spiritual path for them um but for for many of us dabbling in that kind of thing would be kind of dangerous because if you don't understand what you're doing if you're not taking things uh, but this goes for all magic if you don't take your time think it through and do it right and know what you're doing and why you're doing it at best, you're going to get nothing, and at worst, you're going to get results that you didn't want. Hmm. Interesting. How do you know so, that? Yeah. Uh, how do, how do you know that? Like we we've been working with archangels now. What Eric? It's been you know about almost a year. Mm -hmm. This 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 May June will be a year, and the re the results have been you know again indisputable. The, the stuff that's entered into our lives, it, 
call it coincidence if you're a scientist. To me, I'm saying the archangels are helping us. Sure. How, how do you know if you're doing something wrong? Well, if you're dealing with archangels, again, we don't want to. It's not that it's not that you can't get into trouble when you're dealing with angelic energy. But in my experience, if you take the archangels for granted, you might get smacked a little bit. You might get shown what mm -hmm. what you're doing. But they're not gonna. You're not gonna. I have not experienced the archangels as 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 causing trouble for you. Okay. They're they're out for your your highest good. Right. Whereas these spirits, these disembodied demonic spirits, they don't care about you. They don't mm -hmm. care. They're not. They're not. They're not tasked with your with your with your well being. They're not. The, whereas the archangels are. They're out. They're out to 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 be a a beacon of good for all humanity and. And, you know, when, when we're off the path, they can kind of kick us in the ass sometimes, but it's not, it's not to hurt us. It's to, it's to help us, but the demons, they don't care, mm -hmm. you know? So if you're, if you're a demonic magician, you really have to have your ducks in a row because what you're actually trying to do is, is task that spirit with a specific goal and to do it in such a way where, where no one is hurt, in, including you. And usually it, depending on the system that you're following, payment is required. Hmm. Some sort of payment is required. Whereas with angelic magic, payment is not necessarily required. It's not transactional. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's um, it's more of a devotional experience. Whereas, like, um, so for instance, say you you had a practical issue where you needed to get, I don't know, your 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 house payment taken care of. Sure, there was going to be like foreclosure or whatever. You could go to a demon. And you could task them with getting the money and 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 possibly get the money, um, but you have to know what's for your highest good. You have to know because you're you're telling the demon, do this, do that, do this, do that, and I need it by this date, and and you might be able to get that, and 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 there might be a payment involved, but you don't necessarily know that any of those things that you've tasked that demon with are for your good, because oh, it's arrogance. The, the arrogance there is like, I know what's going to make me happy. I know what's going to work. I know what the problem is and how to fix it. I'm so smart. So demon, do what I tell you. Whereas when you're going to the archangels, you're saying, I think I need my house payment by this date because it appears as though this is my problem. However, you have a vantage point that I do. Do we, I think we lost Ariel. We lost the Ariel. Ariel, are you there? Kind of there I think I, I thought I just lost you there. Yeah, no, you, we lost you the last. Yeah, the you you were saying uh, where uh, the angels may have a different vantage point. Yeah, and and so so I want this or something even better according to your divine understanding, and so then you're sort of like in a you're you're in a safer place because if you're open to this higher power to show you what you know what what a better idea is you might there might be an option that you didn't even know was available to you right whereas if you're dealing with demons you have to know exactly what you want when to do it how to do it because you don't want to give them the option of like or something better because they don't know basically demonic energy is not something that's bad it's just something that's an extension of your ego hmm. whereas the angels are an extension of of this of the of the infinite spirit of of, of all life of all the creation 
so could you know could somebody be like just you know put their hands behind their head and say i'm gonna hire a magician for me he's gonna do basically my bidding is that something that happens because like you hear about like merlin and you know like you know queens and kings of england and and you know every all back in the day they all had magicians sure. right sure. so is that something is is does that happen it Were does you, happen really it does happen and i don't do that but but it does happen um i think probably about 99 percent of it is charlatanism sure you know but and then occasionally you do have some people that are are very you know that that are 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 well versed and can do these things and will charge a fee um i don't have a judgment about that as to whether it's right or wrong it's just not something that i'm interested in in participating in personally right ariel <laughs> really? what are what are the psalms um and, and how could you use them to your advantage because our father definitely came through and said the psalms are legit by the book of psalms and um you know there was the golden codes of shambhala which well, we can get into in a minute but what are the Psalms and why are they? I important? love it. I love that question. Okay, okay, I have a little free booklet you can you can download, and it's okay. uh, arielgatoga.com/slash/psalmbook. arielgatoga.com/slash/psalmbook, and I explain psalm magic. It's called how to work psalm magic in it. Now, the tradition of psalm magic that I come from is very different than almost everything that I've seen out there because our tradition states that you need nothing but the psalm. You don't need uh, like the the there's a there was a book that came out called the sixth and seventh books of Moses mm -hmm. uh, in the late uh, I want to say the late 19th century mm -hmm. during that that whole spiritualism and it, it came out in America by by there was German immigrants that came up with it and it purported to be this ancient text which it, it wasn't it was mm -hmm. just made up by these spiritualists and so in that book they're telling you that in addition to the psalm you need certain kinds of special secret coded words that you'll find in that you you need this book to to understand what those secret coded words are we don't agree with that and we're not saying that you can't use those things but we don't agree with that from our point of view the psalms now, again, this is just tradition. There's no historical fact to, to back this up, and I don't know that there ever can be. But mm -hmm. from our tradition, the Psalms predate the Bible. They, they, they were not created by the, the, the Hebrew people. They were appropriated by the Hebrew people, rewritten because they were ascribing people. It was probably a lot of this was, was oral tradition, although there, are, there have been some ancient uh, Egyptian versions of Psalms that, that, right. that, that proved that there was some predating. Um, but the the tradition holds that that the that the psalms were part of an a more ancient corpus and practice and that were appropriated and, and rewritten by the um, by the Hebrews to to correspond with their with their theology. But within those ancient psalms, even within that form, there are seeds of magic that are infinite. And that when you work the Psalms, that you are actually, like I was saying before, you're taking those seeds of magic and planting them deep in your consciousness so that, that you can get a specific result. And so the way we operate the Psalms is a little different. Um, and, and, and we say you can add any kind of ritual to the Psalms that you want, that there's no, you can't, there's no, there's, there's nothing against that. But in reality, all you need is a two-step formula and that is you take the psalm that you're working, um, and we have very many, we have a lot of, in, you'll see in my booklet, there's different 
traditional uses for each psalm. Mm -hmm. You take the psalm in question and you read it out loud all the way through once without stopping. Mm -hmm. That's called an incantation. And then the second step of the formula is you go back and you go through it slowly and you search and you dig and you find within the psalm itself meanings, inner meanings, hidden occult meanings. You concentrate on those. You 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 think about those. And and then you try to apply those ideas to whatever your problem is, to whatever your your issue is at hand. And through doing that, and and, and usually you have to do it for several days, so like maybe seven days in a row, through doing that, you notice that things shift. And we say usually within seven to 14 days, you should see definite movement in the issue at hand. And if you don't, then you need to either change the psalm or, re or, or change the way you're approaching it. But we, we expect results. We always expect results, and we, we want we want to see those results um, from from working that that that, that psalm magic. It's, um, has it has has magic ever not worked for you? Was ever a prayer that oh, you were like, sure. did, did, oh, oh it sure. did, yeah, oh, sure. That's part of it. Um, sometimes things just don't work, and I have a whole lecture on that. Why didn't my spell work? And there's a lot of reasons why it won't work. Um, uh, sometimes we have something called that we that we teach in our tradition called the sphere of influence. You have to understand as a magician, you know, you're not the same thing as like a god yet. I mean, even though the Psalms say you are gods, and I think and ultimately we are each gods, or at least gods in the making. But but here on this planet and this in this world, we're very limited. We're very, you know, we have a lot of limitations that we're growing out of. And within that, we we have we can, we have to realize that there's that there's only so much that we can that we can influence directly and that and that when we bring magic into the to the equation we are trying to expand that influence we are mm -hmm. trying to expand our influence farther than what we could do on our own but even with that we have to grow organically over time as far as what we can what we can hope to achieve and right. so a lot of times what people do when they first get involved in magic is they try to do operations that are way too far out of their sphere of influence and then yep. they get discouraged because it didn't work oftentimes that's what it was is you didn't break your goal down you know you wanted you wanted to you wanted to win five million dollars in the lottery and it didn't work right. that was way out of your sphere of influence what you could have done is say i want to increase my income by 10 percent over the next three months or something like that Right. Yeah, right. that's what we uh, when you know we do a lot of live shows and we also we have viewers that ask you know what's the best way to do magic and we always say ask for attainable things ask for something that's kind of just out of reach, yes. and 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 that's kind of what you should focus on. Sphere of influence. Yes. Right. Ariel, have you ever seen an archangel? Have you ever come in contact with one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, because I have a story about that too. But I would love to hear yours. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike, don't forget he only has about five more. Oh, minutes, I know, so. I know, I know. Oh yeah, no. Um, now I don't know. Um, I I don't know that there's a, a one time that I can think of. Um, but my now I teach a, a basic course in, in in angel magic that's free. Also, it's the basic angel magic. So my my tradition and system is very specific. So we have. Um, you know, we, we only have eight archangels that we tend to work with right, mm -hmm. in the system. And and uh, one, two, or three of them are your specific birth angels or are, are, are your teaching angels. So my two, I only have two teaching angels, and that's Uriel and Samael, which tend to be a little bit more um, 
oh, what's the word? They 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 they, they tend to be a, a little bit more severe of all the archangels. <laughs> Uriel. I know people think of Uriel as a sweet archangel because of of the golden dawn. He he, he in the golden dawn he rules the north, right? But in reality, he's a throne angel. He, they're not, they're, there's pre-gender, they, they can be either gender. But Uriel's a, a throne angel, very severe. The Archangel of Uranus can really, can really, if you call on Uriel, you know, to, to help you out, he may do that, but he may do it in a way that that's, that's, that's very scary. That's, that, that's, that's, you know. And so Uriel also, um, Uriel also rules the rainbow. And so I, after an Uriel ritual, we were uh, looking for a, waiting for maybe an omen or a sign from Uriel. We, all of a sudden there was this double rainbow that just came out of nowhere. Wow. And what happened was we were driving in the car and we were inside the, um, the, the, uh, the end of the rainbow. It's like we we looked at each other and there was just all we could see was rainbow light going through the car. I had never I didn't even think that you could get the end of a rainbow. I thought that was just like a, a story like, you know, you'll see the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, meaning you right. can never find that. Right. We found the end of the rainbow was in our car. <laughs> I, just real That's quick. Amazing. I know we're going to have to wrap it up. But like I, I the day before my dad told me about the archangels, I was meditating down by my pool and this thing came right next to me on my life. I don't, I don't drink or do drugs. It was Raziel, this exact angel, the way it looked, the oh. garb it was wearing, the, the, the curly brown hair, the big brown eyes. This angel came right next to me. It looked at me, it smirked and it was gone in a matter of less than a second. Whoa. And, and the next day my dad said, archangels are real. You have to start working with them. They will do whatever you need them to do. Nice. So and then we found you, so, Ariel. Where can people Ariel, find? Ariel, yeah. Where, before you, before we say where, where can they find you? If somebody wants to start magic, what would you recommend? And yeah. Well, I'm not one of those that said, "Well, you should do what I do," you know. But but I do have for this is why I've done all of this is to help people out. Like I said, I do have an 18 week course that'll take you from soup to nuts. Um, called a witch's primer and it's non-denominational meaning there's no religion involved so it's not wicca or any of that you know there's no gods and goddesses it's not any of that this is just training training how to to do magic that's uh, 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 something that i do offer you can uh arielgatoga.com slash awp that's how to, to sign up for that free course and then then we also have a beginning angel magic course um that's six weeks long and it's one lesson per month so that's a six month course in 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 that and it's very classical very like you were talking about john d and all that that's very very classical angel magic um and that's ariel's corner ariel's dash corner.com slash am it's very do you have um can, can you do you do any like personal lessons um, I don't, I, but we, we do, um, I do have a, a, a live stream six days a week, uh, on, where, where you can ask questions right live on, on the stream. So on Wednesdays we do witchy Wednesday and Thursday we do usually do some, some, uh, prosperity magic Friday. We do the, what I, uh, we have a, 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 a um, thing called the witch's rosary, which, um, which is a very powerful thing that we do that on Friday, Saturday, we, we do psalm magic. And Sunday we usually do a lecture about different about different magical topics. So I do do that. Um, 
and then I have a I, I have a Facebook group and I have an online forum. So I do teach that way. Um, I do offer personal consultations if people need them, but I just don't have time for very many of those. So I try to make everything so that you don't really need me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Try to, right. try to get it so you don't need me so much, but I am there if anybody needs me. Ariel, I would I could talk to you for another four hours. Anytime that you want to come on, we'd love to have you. We have a million more questions, but Eric and I are going to join a few of your groups. Very interesting. Everyone, it's Ariel Gotega, right? Can you spell that, Ariel? Can you spell it for Ariel a while? Gatoga. It's A-R-I-E-L-G-A-T-O-G-A, Gatoga. And it's Ariel's dash corner.com. Ariel's corner with a hyphen dot com is my main website. Everyone, go to Ariel's corner and, and let's, just let's, learn let's, magic. Get to, let's, let's learn magic, guys. Ariel, Ariel thank you for coming on. Thank you so and, much. And uh, everybody, please like, subscribe, share this show. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, leave them down in the comments below. And uh, we appreciate you all tuning in. Thanks so much, Ariel. Thank you. Thanks, Ariel, hang on one second. We're going to sign off right now. Okay.